What's most important to you when it comes to choosing your financial advisor? Someone who's aligned with your biblical values. How about someone who will take the time to explain your options? Certified Kingdom Advisors are professionals who meet high standards in competence and integrity and have been trained to offer biblical financial advice. To find a Certified Kingdom Advisor in your area, visit faithfi.com and click Find a CKA. The Bible tells us that it's good to leave an inheritance to our children. How we do that is still a matter of some discussion. I am Rob West. We often talk about the importance of having a will. And while that's certainly true, there's a bit more to putting your estate in order. I'll talk about that today with financial teacher and author Ron Blue. Then it's on to your calls at 800-525-7000. That's 800-525-7000. This is Faith and Finance, biblical wisdom for your financial decisions. Well, my friend and mentor Ron Blue is co-founder of Kingdom Advisors and the author of many books on personal finance, including Splitting Heirs, Giving Your Money and Things to Your Children Without Ruining Their Lives. It's the best book on this topic. You need to pick it up if you haven't already. Ron, great to have you back with us. No, good to be here, Rob. Thanks for asking me. Absolutely. Ron, you've talked about this and written on wealth transfer a lot, and I know you've identified the six steps of estate planning and wealth transfer that are essential. We will get to this list, but first, uh, you compare in the book this whole process to following a recipe. Explain that for us. Well, when you follow a recipe, you follow it sequentially. You do step one, step two, step three. Yeah. Uh, I use the illustration of baking a pie, for example. You don't just throw the ingredients in the pan and, and cook and hoping it turns out okay. But there is a process. And what I find, Rob, is that most people jump to the end of the process mm. and ignore the, the front part of the process. And the end of the process would be an estate plan, uh, yes. something that's documented. But the beginning of the process is more important than that because the estate plan that you end up with should follow some rational, legitimate thinking that leads you to having the right document at the end of the process. Oh, that's really good. And it really starts with the why before the how. And I know these uh, steps will uncover those key issues. You know, these decisions aren't easy, as you know, Ron, which is probably why so many people put this off. But I think this list in a sequential order perhaps will help folks get started in these wealth transfer decisions. So what is step number one? Well, step number one is you only have three places where an estate can go. Yes. It can go to heirs, uh, either relatives or people, uh, or it can go to charity, uh, or it can go to the government uh, and attorneys through expenses. So obviously most people want to avoid the expense side and the tax side, and therefore they, they want to maximize the amount to the heirs and to charity. Yes. So first of all is, okay, who am I going to leave this uh, estate to? Yes. Um, and, and secondly, then, is and how much am I going to leave to each one of those people? 
Yeah, and that's really important. So as you make that decision on the who, then the logical next question is how much? And this is one that can change over time. Ron, for our listeners wondering, especially for heirs, how much to leave, any thoughts on how they go about making that decision? Yeah, I do. I think if you ask yourself, uh, let's say, three questions. Number one uh, is, if I leave X amount to an heir, whatever that may be, what's the worst thing that can happen? Mm. And uh, most people don't ask answer that question. You know, I had a son-in-law whose dad taught him to provide for his family, and so when that particular child was married and they were young in their careers, had we left any significant sum to them, it would have destroyed his need to provide for his family. Yes. And the second question then is, well, how serious is that? Yeah. And the answer is real serious. Okay. And third is, what's the probability? And in this particular case, we said it's 100%. Mm. So the how much question to who, those first two steps really revolve around where you are in your life stage. Mm. So somebody that's uh, young in their life stage in terms of a family was going to need more, if you will, than somebody like myself who's 80 years old and have children that are in their 50s. They've already made their life, and they've educated their kids. So my uh, wealth transfer or estate plan looks a lot different than it did 10, 20 years ago. Yeah, that's really helpful, Ron. Well, we'll continue to unpack this and talk about the six steps of wealth transfer with Ron Blue today, just around the corner. Stay with us. We'll be right back. What's most important to you when it comes to choosing your financial advisor? Someone who's aligned with your biblical values? How about someone who will take the time to explain your options? Certified Kingdom Advisors are professionals who meet high standards in competence and integrity and have been trained to offer biblical financial advice. To find a Certified Kingdom Advisor in your area, visit faithfi.com and click Find a CKA. We are grateful for support from LightPoint Portfolios, which seeks out family and faith-friendly investments for 401k and 403b plans, integrating faith values and fiduciary duty. LightPoint Portfolios offers retirement plans for a variety of organizations such as businesses, nonprofits, and churches. And we're grateful for their sponsorship of the Faith and Finance Program. More information is available at lightpointportfolios.com. Great to have you with us today on Faith and Finance. I'm Rob West. Joining me today, my good friend and mentor, Ron Blue. He's the author of, among many other books, Splitting Heirs, giving your money and things to your children without ruining their lives. If you've been putting off the wealth transfer and estate planning conversation, perhaps today's six steps from Ron Blue could help you get started. Uh, Before the break, Ron, you were sharing step number one, and that is to decide who gets the money. And you said there's only three places it can go, the government heirs or charity or ministry. And then secondly, how much? And you said that's really a 
question that needs to be answered with some other questions, including what's the biggest risk that exists and how likely is that to happen? And Ron, if we're going to look at our errors through that lens, that means we may be offering differing amounts. In fact, one of the principles you share in this book is that if you love your kids equally, you will treat them uniquely. A lot of people struggle with that idea. Why do you think that's important? Well, you know, it's just the way God treats us, Rob. He He loves us equally, but He sure treats us differently mm. because He knows us. And I, as a parent, we have five children, and their personalities are different. Who they married and the families that they're raising is is different. Yes. Uh, and so, to to think that just equal, it's that's not wrong. But you need to ask the question, uh, really, is is there a difference? And, you know, for a while there, we had a single mom daughter. Well, her needs at that particular stage of life were a lot different than her brothers and sisters. Yes. Uh, and so we had to take that into account when we were doing our planning. And you mentioned it uh, earlier, is, uh, if, now, do your giving while you're living so you're knowing where it's going. And, but before that... Uh, is is the idea of I don't want to ruin my children by how I treat my estate. Mm. That's a big, big concern, and it gets bigger as you get older. Oh, yeah, and there's not only financial implications to that, but spiritual implications as well. All right, Ron, so we've said we need to decide who gets what and how much. The third step is around the timing. Tell us about that. Uh, I think that should occur on an ongoing basis throughout your life. Hmm. So as God, you know, blessed us, we helped our children, but we never wanted to help our children by giving them something uh, that uh, that would ruin uh, perhaps uh, or have a real damaging impact on their family. Uh, we didn't want to make them wealthy. We wanted we didn't want to give them mortgages, for example. Uh, we wanted them to be able to have the thrill of buying their own home and, and affording it. So the timing issue uh, is one that needs to be really visited almost on an annual basis, Rob. Yes. Uh, asking the question, you know, is there anything we need to do now with our children? Yes. Um, well, and that goes on and on and on throughout your life, and it changes throughout your life. So timing is very important. With regard to your charitable giving, Ron, I know you've also said you encourage stewards not to wait to do all of their giving at death, but really they should prioritize giving throughout their life, right? Oh, for sure, Rob. And I think one of the big reasons is that giving breaks the power of money, and Mm. and it it does, and it gives me joy. Uh, But the joy comes after I give it. It doesn't come before I give it, okay? Yes, that's right. So... I you know, I encourage the people that I counsel with to do their giving while they're living. You don't have to give it all away. Yes. But the more giving that you can do while you're enjoying the benefit of seeing other people impacted, I think it is a blessing that God wants us to have. And when I'm dead, of course, I'm not going to get any joy out of the giving. I, That's right. I've left everything because I didn't have any choice. That's right. <laughs> That's an important idea. All right, Ron, let's deal with steps four and five. Four is the idea of whether or not you transfer the title when you transfer it. And then fifth is, of course, the tools and techniques. What do we need to know there? 
Well, uh, by the title, it means don't give with strings attached. Yeah. Uh, a lot of a lot of uh, people manage their children uh, by making the the giving uh, conditional. Mm. Uh, Judy and I have the uh, the philosophy that when we give, be it to a ministry or be it to uh, a person we know or be it to our children, there are no strings attached to it. We gave it. Yes. And so title is a way to, to identify it. But when you when you give it, give it with no strings attached or you haven't given it. You've mm. really just used it to uh, get a need met in your own life. And then there's the tools and techniques, Ron, which is really the how of the giving, right? Yeah, that's where you bring in the uh, the professionals that can help you with the trust, and uh, perhaps you want to leave it uh, to an, an organization like a donor advised fund. Uh, perhaps you want to uh, leave it to charity, uh, but it, it requires different tools and techniques. And also, Rob, I think it's in, that we need to realize that we're dealing with your balance sheet and not your income statement. Mm. So when we're talking about what we leave and what we give, it comes out of my balance sheet, not out of my income. What comes out of my income is my tithes and offering. This yes. giving that we're talking about is giving out of your net worth, giving out of the things that God has blessed you with. And, and and it can require a lot of professional advice from the tech standpoint and from the legal standpoint. Mm. Uh, but but make sure that, that when you give, you've given. No strings yes. attached. Oh, that's really helpful. And by the way, if you want a professional to help you with all of this, you can find a certified kingdom advisor in your area at faithfi.com. All right, Ron, we're down to the final step, number six. And this one is about talking. Uh, what do we need to know here? I believe that uh, an heir to your estate, when the will is read, should not be surprised. Hmm. In other words, throughout your life, you can communicate with your children your philosophy, your belief system, your values, and have family conferences. Uh, I know a lot of uh, people with significant wealth. In fact, I know one family that has a quarterly family conference. Uh, and they talk about the estate, and they talk about where things are, are going to go. So uh, the way that I would phrase it is you don't want to have a coping gap. And a coping gap with your heirs is where their expectations are different than reality. So you have these conferences in order to pass on values, beliefs, uh, and teaching, uh, and you're you're helping your children think also, and they then understand why you did what you did so that there's not a surprise. They don't have to ask the question, why in the world did my parents do this? Yeah. It uh, should not happen. That's really helpful. Ron, just about 30 seconds left. What final thoughts would you leave us with on this topic of wealth transfer? I, my, the final thought would, would be this is really important, so don't. it's never urgent yeah. until maybe it's too late. But it's really important. So start with that step one and two. And, uh, I, you know, I, I don't like to promote my own books, but the book Splitting Heirs is one that I wrote after counseling thousands of people. And I do think there's things in there and processes in there that can be helpful. Yes. Uh, and it's very important. thing. It sure is. Well, Ron, we are always grateful for our time with you. Thanks for stopping by and sharing these important ideas. 
Thanks for having me. All right. Ron doesn't want to promote it, but I will. Pick up a copy of Splitting Heirs, Giving Your Money and Things to Your Children Without Ruining Their Lives. You'll be glad you did. We'll be right back with much more. Stick around. We're grateful for support from Eventide Investments on the Faith and Finance Program. Eventide's approach to values-based investing is grounded in the belief that humankind was created in the image of God with intrinsic dignity, value, and worth. Eventide calls this investing that makes the world rejoice. More information is available at eventideinvestments.com. That's eventideinvestments.com. Are you struggling to fit your faith into your practice as a Christian financial advisor? The Certified Kingdom Advisor designation teaches you a step-by-step process to confidently deliver advice that aligns with Christian values. Discover the skills you need to help your clients make a kingdom impact. Get started today by enrolling in the CKA educational program at kingdomadvisors.com slash get certified. That's kingdomadvisors.com slash get certified. We're back. I'm Rob West, and this is Faith and Finance. Thanks for listening today. Thanks for taking the time. As we head into our calls and questions, I want to take a moment to ask you if you've downloaded the FaithFi app. You can use it on your desktop or your mobile device. All right, let's head to the phones. By the way, if you have a question, just call 800-525-7000. That's 800-525-7000. Let's head to Kansas. Hi, Gail. How can I help you? Hi, Rob. Thanks for taking my call, and thank you for your program. It's so informative. I've learned so many things that may or may not have applied to me, but it's just expanded my knowledge. So thank you. Well, thank Um, you. I appreciate it. My question is regarding um, document retention, specifically income tax returns and all the supporting documents that go along with that. Um, I've done a little research, and, and basically I'm getting some similar information, some conflicts. Um, my concern is that my husband was self-employed for 30 years. He's retired now, but we have all kinds of documents and receipts and spreadsheets and everything that supports the claims that we've made. Um, we also have done some real estate investing um, where we've done some flipping, where we've done uh, rentals. We have this year um, divested ourselves of our last real estate. We are so excited that we're out of the business. <laughs> um, but anyway, it, it's I, I, we're just wondering if there are any of these situations that would warrant holding on to documents longer. My husband is concerned if we were ever concerned of uh, submitting fraudulent returns that we, if we've shredded everything, we wouldn't have any proof. Yeah. 
Yeah, very good. Uh, you know, the uh, seven-year rule is is really supported pretty widely. It's considered sufficient, even based on guidance from the IRS, in terms of saving uh, income tax documents. Uh, it's not a bad idea to keep real estate documents forever. I mean, we're talking about deeds, that type of thing, since a, a litigation could come after several years. But any supporting documentation with regard to the taxes you paid and justifying deductions and expenses and so forth. Uh, seven years really is uh, the time frame that is recommended. Beyond that, uh, there really is not a need to keep anything beyond seven years. Um, it, but again, if it's purchased property, you want to be able to show the amount you originally paid for it. Um, you know, you would keep those documents forever. Um, if you, you know, did not file a return each year, obviously you'd need to keep records indefinitely. But uh, beyond that, establishing the original cost basis um, and, you know, deeds, uh, you know, important filing documents like that, anything that's just establishing the taxes that you owe, uh, really that seven-year limit is sufficient. Okay, very good. Um, May I ask one other question then? Of course. Um, I have Mm -hmm. two teenage granddaughters, and I've made some comments about credit score and they'll say what's a credit score and i'm beginning to think that we need to try to help them learn some things about money management while they're still at home and in high school do you have any resource that you would recommend that i could um use to help them uh yeah that's a great question so i would love to see you uh, begin to help them understand, you know, not only the financial literacy side, uh, but but in addition to that, really God's perspective on handling money and these themes and principles we see in God's Word. Um, I'd love to send you a book that perhaps uh, reading it with them uh, could be a great way to get them going in the right direction. It's a new book out from Focus on the Family. It's called Trusted, and it's uh, around preparing your kids for a lifetime of God honoring money management. Uh, we'll put that in the mail to you. It's by my friend Matt Bell, and it'll be our gift to you. But I think that could be a great resource to get you going in the right direction. I agree, Gail. This is really important, uh, you know, as we begin to prepare these future adults, not only to understand the dangers of debt and the value of hard work and that money is limited, and therefore we need a spending plan and a budget to show restraint and that we should give generously because that breaks the grip of money over our lives, but also the bigger idea that God owns it all, and therefore we're stewards of God's resources and that really he gives resources to us. Ultimately, our purpose is for generosity uh, based on what we see in scripture. And you beginning to teach and model and uh, train to these ideas, I think is really critical to set them up for a lifetime of success in terms of a understanding what it means to live free and content and generous lives. So uh, stay on the line. We'll get your information and we'll put this book in the mail to you. Again, it's called Trusted by Matt Bell, preparing your kids for a lifetime of God honoring money management. Thanks for being on the program today and for your kind remarks, Gail. We appreciate it. Uh, Let's head to Laney in Chicago. Go right ahead. I live on the north side. I'm 65 and I paid into an insurance life insurance first was term and then went to uh, whole. And that uh, insurance company went out of business without letting me know. I never got any policy or my book back or payment. And I had 
that ever since I was 14. Now I'm 65, but no way to be buried. Mm. Yeah, and so the, you're wondering what to do about the policy, is that right? Um, I don't have any. The person took everything, the policy, the books, um, and they just went out of business. I contacted the attorney general's office. They said that they don't deal with individual uh, cases as normally businesses. They recommend that I get a private attorney, which I'm on a fixed income and I have no other income. Okay. So, uh, again, I'm, I'm a little confused as to what's what's happened here. So, was this a whole life policy uh, that had some cash value that built up in it? It was a term life when I was 14. I paid up until I was 26, and then it went whole life. And now I'm 65. They took my money all the way up to now. And now I, they went out of business. And I was told they went out in 2016 just finding this out. And okay. I have no no way of contacting anyone. Okay. Did you talk, so policies are insured by the state guarantee association fund in the state of Illinois. That's going to be the IHIGA. It's the Illinois Life and Health Insurance Guarantee Association. Perhaps this could give you some next steps. It's IHIGA.org. That's I-H-I-G-A dot O-R-G. That's the guarantee association there in the state of Illinois that guarantees these policies, and it should be insured up to 300000 in death benefits, although that's not an issue here, but also up to $100,000 in cash surrender or withdrawal values. So again, that's I-H-I-G-A dot org. Laney, I know this is frustrating. I hope that can help you get some answers. We appreciate your call today. Well, that does it for us today. I'm Rob West. Thanks to our amazing production team and to you for listening. I hope you'll join us again next time right here on Faith and Finance. Faith and Finance is provided by FaithFi and listeners like you.